0: do any of you guys out there have any children that at any point or currently tell them repeatedly when they're unhappy you're not going to be my best friend because i don't <laughs> know where riley got it my kids never did it but when she gets angry she just says it to kin she says it to me she says it to me, you're not going to be my best friend and i'm like it's yeah. an amazing line It's genius
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pan and Unicorn, the relationship podcast, episode nine.
0: Great intro. Yeah. We're back. We're back. Episode nine. Número Nueve. Let's go.
1: I got my tea. I Wake got my up. hot
0: water. I'm We're tired. Good to go. I know.
1: You're so weird for drinking hot water.
0: <laughs> Am I weird for drinking you hot water? He doesn't put
1: anything in it. He doesn't even put like honey in it, lemon in it, nothing. He just drinks hot. Like every single time I get it from Starbucks, they literally kind of like, make a you just want hot water and I'm like yeah just hot water
0: <laughs> All right. anybody else just drink hot water if you do put it in the comments kind of the comment down or below. feel free to make fun of me yeah, it's all good so I know funny. I'm weird
1: we make fun of him over here at the podcast studio Um, but anyways welcome back you guys make sure you're following us on all our socials everything is at pan and unicorn it's linked down below also sign up for the newsletter sorry I have not been putting the newsletter link in the description box I keep forgetting to add it in the original template but it is there sign up for that newsletter we're doing giveaways in the newsletters that you guys can enter it's awesome and it will give you all the updated information of new episodes and notifications um and yeah so babe what do we do every episode
0: send some love have you guys been sending love i hope so get out your phone Mm -hmm. your parents your sister your brother your cousins your friends your loved ones your mentors your teachers send them some love yes Also, we have sent some love merch coming up on the store here. I know. I asked you
1: guys on Instagram what logos you like better. And so thank you for all your input there. It really helps us decide on what we're going to put up on the store. All right. Okay. So, babe. Babe. Who are you sending love you to? Who would you send love to? Well, I sent love to one of my really good friends since sixth grade, Monica. We, on, It's hard to like, you know, we kind of, it's basically, she's like one of those friends that if I don't see for a while, but then we see each other and then we just like really just start off where the last time that we, you know, left off at. We have a really good relationship. She's another mom. It sucks that she lives so far away. She lives in Michigan. So I don't get to see her very often, but she's got three kids and- She's doing awesome as a mom. So I was actually catching up with her a little bit yesterday. And so I sent her some love saying that I miss her and I hope that I could see her again soon.
0: Awesome, babe. Mm -hmm. Proud of you.
1: Mm. What about you?
0: I sent love to my sister. Shout out to Carrie.
1: Happy birthday. It was
0: just her birthday yesterday. Um. For all of you listening, uh, I have a very supportive sister in Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. and specifically this year has been probably the hardest year of my life, and she's mm-hmm. been there, very supportive. Yeah, uh, very loving.
1: Yeah, your sister's awesome.
0: Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate it. We I love, love you,
1: you, Carrie. Uh, so basically, a quick recap of last week's episode: we talked all about surviving the first holiday season after divorce which is very hard it's not easy um we're going into our second holiday season right now after divorce which is very different from the last one yeah so we recap that whole episode so if you are going through that right now make sure you tune in for that episode i hope that we gave some helpful tips to you and could help you to show that you're not alone in it and that it is definitely yeah, hard yeah and
0: definitely reach out to us during the holidays um we're going to be around on social and we want to hear from all of you and Um, If any of you guys are feeling lonely or, you know, don't have your kids or don't have a typical holiday that you're used to, Mm -hmm. hit us up. We're around.
1: We're here to help and support you guys as much as we can. And then going into today's episode, babe.
0: In this episode, like I said, you know, we both spoke to our parents and they gave us some, you know, great uh, answers and conversation and questions and so we'll start with Madison so yeah. Madison when what when you spoke to your mom like what were her fears when you told her mom I'm, I'm getting a divorce
1: uh so when I asked my mom I she texted me back a whole long list of things that were her fears and everything the first thing for her and I think was is probably one of the biggest things with my parents is the children's safety and I think Think it's not like all the time, like, um, but it's predominantly when they go out to a place called Laughlin, the river, and the reason why is because I have lost friends out there to drunk drivers. My family has lost um, one of their family friends, lost their daughter out there to drowning, and there's just. It's just extremely scary. Also, it's just you have drunk drivers, you have crazy people that are partying like insanely. And then you also have extreme weather conditions. I remember one time we went out there, it was 126 degrees. It was just so dangerous to be out there with kids.
0: It's yeah, so my fear, just so you guys know, is I've never been there. I don't know what it is. It's just obviously a bunch of you know drunk people on a boat and it's super hot in the middle of the desert but my fear was just for kids it's just like being in 110 120 degree dry heat um where you know are they being hydrated are they in the sun too long Mm -hmm. it's just for me that was kind of my that
1: it's like the heat but it's also the fact like with when my parents they never really liked it when we went out there but what gave them peace of mind is knowing that i was going to be with them and that I would be like on top of everything. Like, I have the PD light, I've got their life jackets on, I've got everything. I'm all like, I was always on top of Riley. Um, but Riley does not know how to swim. So that's another fear of mine is because I know the family will drink. And I'm like wondering, okay, I would never drink out there. I would be 100% sober because I'm like, if I have a child near water, you will not see me drinking. Um, and so,
0: and the- I think to be honest, like, as there's people listening to this, grandparents listening to this, thinking their grandchildren, like I, my parents said this, like safety. Yeah.
1: It's like, safety.
0: I, 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 it's always about child safety. And uh, I think water scares all parents, pools scare, scare all grandparents. I think, yeah. you know, my parents have friends that have lost grandchildren. I think, um, most people know somebody who's lost a child or mm-hmm. a grandchild to water. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it's not surprising that your and mom's a, like, immediate fear was just the river.
1: Yeah, it's just with it's you know with the water with drowning and then people not being so on top of it because intoxication or too busy doing something yeah, else. It's scary. So it was a lot. Of, it was it's really scary and it's still hard for my parents to this day, and they dread every summer season now because they're just so worried. And it, I worry too, and it sucks that I can't I can't control that um so that's like one of their biggest fears is honestly the river. Um, another thing that my mom was really scared about and just you know just fears is the new schedule how is the new schedule going to affect the kids because another thing is the girls were always with me um they weren't bouncing back from house to house but one of our situations is kind of different than a lot of people's situations is, We have no set schedule. Like with Ross, and his schedule is he's got Max like every Tuesday, Bo every Thursday, both kids every Sunday. I don't have a set schedule that I can tell Riley this is when you're going to dad's, this is when you're here with me, and it's like to be consistently the same. So it's a lot harder on them because sometimes they'll see dad for like a day, or sometimes they'll see dad for three days. And It's so inconsistent and that's really hard on the kids. So my mom was really worried and concerned about how they were going to handle it. Also, another thing is, is I've got my routines and my schedules and bedtimes and everything. And that keeps them sane, that keeps them healthy. But, you know, with them now going with their dad, he doesn't know the same routines or the same schedules and, or he might push them to be out later at night And when they should be in bed and then they end up, you know, they end up being sick. So it's, it's really, that's another, like another fear that they have of how this is going to affect them as they grow up.
0: I think anybody listening that has children, specifically Mm -hmm. young children, know how important the schedules are and know how important sleep is and how important just the kids' bodies get used to eating Mm -hmm. eating at the same times, napping at the same Mm -hmm. time, sleeping at the same times. And so- Naturally, when you you know, even for me, my kids are older. Just going through a divorce, I think anybody out there who's you know gone through this, the shuffling of the kids back and forth from different beds to different routines to different food, it's really, really, really hard on the kids. Yeah. Um, and for your girls being so young, and it, I, I can't even imagine what your mom was thinking. I mean, she had to have been so scared, and then it makes it even harder that. There's no schedule. You yeah. never know when he'll be in town or when he won't be in town or you what days know. he'll take him or he won't take him. And even if he says he will take him, it doesn't mean he does take him. So yeah. it's like really hard on the kids. And it's something that Madison and I are going to have to deal with, you know, mm-hmm. moving forward for, you know, probably forever. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of one of those things where we're feeling it out, learning it now and we'll see what happens in the future. But, um, yeah, I, I can definitely – feel your mom's fear there
1: yeah because it's it's definitely one of the hardest things that i would say in our situation is how and it's
0: going to get harder for the girls as they get older
1: as they get older and more aware of everything i know riley right now is like i want to see dad i want to see dad and i'm like i'm sorry he can't be here right now i we say he's at the racetrack um because he's at the racetrack or she's like i want to facetime dad i'm like i'm sorry he's on a plane and she's like I don't want to be your best friend, call him. And I'm like, I called him and I'll call him in front of her and he doesn't answer. And I'm just like, those are the really, really hard things because I can't tell her is like when you're going to see dad because sometimes we have a set schedule, but then also a few days beforehand, it can change. So it's it's just a really, really tough thing. So I, I definitely, um, that's also one of my fears, it sucks. And I can really emphasize with my mom on that one.
0: um Um, real quick do any of you guys out there have any children that at any point or currently tell them repeatedly when they're unhappy you're not going to be my best friend. Because I don't know where <laughs> Riley got it. My kids never did it. But when she gets angry, she just says it to kin. She says it to me. She says it to me, You're not going to be my best friend. And I'm like, it's <laughs> yeah. an amazing line. Yeah,
1: it's so it's funny. Genius. It's genius. It's so funny. Oh, I think she did it again this morning, didn't she? Yeah. She was like, you're not going to be my best friend. Oh, I forgot what it was about. I think it was something about the shoes or something. I don't know, but... I got told I was gonna be her best friend and I said, well, I'm gonna be your mom. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a character. Um, another thing that my mom was really fearful or is still really fearful about is how I was going to handle the kids, work, house, financials as a single mom. Honestly, I don't think it's about kids and work so much and the house because I was already doing that for so many years on my own. It's the financial part. Um, with financials is when you build a house or a family and you build a lifestyle with two incomes and you take one of those incomes away, it's really hard to support everything that you already originally had on just one income. Um, And you know things change over time, especially in this um, career, it's ebb and flow. It could be really great one month. It could be really bad the next month. It could be really great one year. It could be really bad the next year. So in my business, you never know exactly what you're gonna get every month. You never know exactly what you're gonna get every year, which is extremely stressful. And then when you have that stress on top of, I gotta be present and hands-on and raise my girls and, be, and spend time with them. And then also I have to manage a house with two little dogs, make sure that the house is clean, make sure that the house is stocked up with food, make sure that everything's working in the house. That's also extremely stressful. And then it's just, and then also now you're okay. You know, you have to be able to make enough money to support everything then, like to su- put the food on the table, to keep the lights running, to do all that. So it's it's really hard and it sucks. Um, but I think that's like one reason why a lot of like women, like stay at home moms or something, tend to stay in a really unhealthy marriage is because of that fear and it's hard um, and it sucks. (laughs) And
0: I I think your mom honestly would have that fear if you are still married. I think just any parent who has grandchildren is worried that their kids can handle it all. The kids, the work, the house, the financials, um, all of that is extremely difficult with two parents. Then all of a sudden you get divorced and you're doing it all alone. Um, of course, like she's gonna be really, really scared and worried and concerned that your stress level and that you're gonna be able to handle it all. Um,
1: I think that concern I mean, it just, wasn't really when I was married because because we made it work and I just I just did it all. Um, but the, again, with the financials, is I that was the biggest thing is I had someone to fall back on. If like if the girls were sick like, you know, speaking, I mean, a lot of single parents could understand this. When your kids are sick and you can't work for a week, then I had a spouse who was still working and making money. Okay, like, hey, I'm going to have a bad month this month because I wasn't able to put enough time to work because I had sick kids. I had their income to fall back on and being like, okay, we're going to be just fine. But now I'm like, if I take off a week of work and don't have that time to film and get stuff done, that's a week of work of income that i am going to be losing and it's going to make it harder i'm going to lose more money in my accounts i'm going to it that that's the difference is i don't have a person that i can fall back on that's the difference and that's the biggest fear when i was married that like financials weren't a situ- like weren't a problem um and i just handled it all on my own i think it made it easier to handle things on my own because of that like financial Like, that's like the one thing that it was scary when I thought about divorce, like, could I handle this? But in all honesty, I knew I was going to be happier out of the marriage, even though the financial part is really, really tough and really stressful. Um, The next thing that my mom was really concerned about, and I think this comes from every grandparent, is the holidays. I actually just spoke to my ex's mom. We had a really good conversation recently and she's like you know we're all just learning right now we've never endured a divorce or anything and she goes we're all trying to like you know learn to accept that you know we don't have the kids we have to share the kids for holiday seasons um and that's hard that's hard on both grandparents sides uh knowing that you know one year i'm going to have the girls for thanksgiving then i'm not going to have them for christmas with my family when my family like my mom says like we are huge on holidays and we love our family get togethers for the holidays And to know that we're not gonna have Riley and Kinsley with us every single holiday season or every single holiday. She goes, that's really tough. That's really hard because we don't wanna lose those memories with them. What were your parents' fears?
0: So um, I spoke to my parents and asked them about their fears when I told them, and it was funny, kind of funny listening to like what my dad said versus what my mom said, (laughs) but in general, uh, both of them never really cared too much about me. <laughs> it was, no, uh, they were it. like you're gonna. We kind of knew you'd be fine. We figured you'd figure it out. My mom's like you're social. We knew you'd meet someone. Yeah. Um, I kind of laughed at that. Uh, but their obvious, you know, main fear was just the grandchildren. Um, yeah. Just uh, would they? How would it affect their relationship with their two grandchildren? Mm-hmm. Um, they've heard a lot of stories from their friends who either had bad divorces mm-hmm. and then didn't get to be with their kids mm-hmm. or friends um, of theirs who kids went through divorce and then that hurt their relationship with their grandchildren. Yeah, And so they were deathly scared of not seeing the kids as much having um, my ex or her family, you know, talk poorly about them mm-hmm. or try to um, kind of strain that relationship. Do
1: you, why do you think your parents feared that? Did I think did it just your... got
0: put in their head that it's it happens all the time, and maybe it happened to one person, and now that means it happens all the time? And mm-hmm. you know, my I'm the first person in our immediate family to go through a divorce, so yeah. they don't have experience with it, mm-hmm. um, and so it's kind of hearing what the horror stories. I don't think you really hear too many of the good ones. I mean, yeah. hopefully, there's a lot of good ones out there. I think there are. Yeah, but. I think that we hear
1: some good ones. In the we comments. hear
0: good ones, and uh, yeah, and the comments are amazing. Yeah. Like, we heard a comment today from I don't know her name, but she said that you know her parents were divorced, and then she got you know two sets of parents, and so she had four parents, and mm-hmm. all the step She's, parents were great, and all the parents were great.
1: Saying she that she just felt even more loved. Yeah, and it was great. That so, those are the ones that you love to hear.
0: Yeah, those are our goals. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so I think parents' bigger fear relationship with the grandkids. Then they said that, um, they were scared, nervous, not really sure, uh, what would their relationship be like with my ex, Mm -hmm. um, and my ex's family. Yeah. Cause you know, my parents, um, got, you know, decently close to my ex's parents and Mm -hmm. family and, you know, sister and um, their friends as well. And so I think that's always kind of a fear, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you know, how's my relationship going to be with them? Um, and yeah, I, I think that they're sad.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think they would like to have a better relationship with my ex and her parents and her family. Um, And hopefully, in time, you know, they can. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also think they just feel like that's what's best for their grandchildren.
1: Yeah, it's good for their grandchildren to see happiness and everyone getting along all around and having everyone in the same, like, same house, same room, everything. I think that's huge for them.
0: Huge. And I think it's, you know, trying to set that example.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And at the same time, you know, my parents, you know, understand they can't control that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not totally up to them. Um, and and that's a, a fear as well, right? Of like, yeah. what can we control? What can we not control? Um, and exactly. so I, I think-
1: I think also just like, you know, once the divorce is so fresh, right. there's so much anger, resentment, animosity there with everyone that once a few years or a year or so down the line, when everyone starts to heal and move on, then I think that like those doors can open.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Because
1: I think a lot of people, like we're going to be talking in our next episode is a lot about boundaries. And I think that's kind of what you need to establish right when you get divorced because there is so much hurt. And then once those boundaries are in place and everyone is like healing and coping with everything and those types of relationships can open back up.
0: Yeah. And my parents are um, two of the most social people. They have legitimately hundreds of friends. Yeah, they are. And they're just not the type to kind of hold grudges or have fights or kind of.
1: They're the most warm hearted, inviting people I have ever met. They like instantly just like were so kind to me. So just like. I I felt just a part of the family immediately and you don't get that very often especially like so closely after divorce you know how you know parents could be like a little worried and a little bit guards up up, not with his parents they were they've always been so sweet and they're just like honestly just really good-hearted people
0: yeah so I think to have that fear so far I think their fears have come down a little bit That because they are, do have a good relationship still with their grandchildren. Uh, they get to see their grandchildren a lot. Um, my ex has been good about allowing them to continue that relationship. Well, I have feel that like relationship. Your kids have,
1: also, you, your kids have spent a lot more time with them because you guys are, like, you know, speaking with your family, when you guys, back in like the past years when you were married, you spent a lot with her family. Yeah. And now I mean, over the last year, you've been able to yeah, spend more time. It's,
0: it's fun, with it, your right? Family. It's, it's, she, Madison brings up a good point, which is like, if I stayed single moving forward, all the times I have my kids for the holidays, my parents and family get the kids for the holidays and they get them more. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have a relationship with Madison, we are, how are we gonna divide that up? Because it goes right back to, well, mm-hmm. we can't only take the kids with my family on the holidays. We have to spend some holidays with your family. So how's that gonna affect my family? But mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, both of our parents are gonna have to understand that moving forward, um, we might both of us might not have our kids for the holidays, mm-hmm. and we also might have both of our kids. Your and we parents have are to probably a, like, "Damn yeah. it,
1: we finally got him back, and <laughs> yeah. now he's being taken away from exactly. us again." Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, I
1: promise, Mel Big, I won't take him.
0: <laughs> and yeah, so I think overall, that was their biggest fear: mm-hmm. kids, their grandchildren, and then relationship. Acts. And then, you know, my mom. You know, I think. Not jokingly, but mm-hmm. jokingly, it was kinda like very scared that uh her son was gonna be a single dad. Mm-hmm. And
1: how he's gonna handle it.
0: How he's gonna handle that. And kinda understanding that um now she sees me do it and I have to like take pictures when I cook for my kids of the food so I can show her, <laughs> yeah. like, hey, mom, I actually cook for my children, because and they was, actually eat it.
1: She asking me, and, she goes, does he, does he cook for them, or does he just make bagels? <laughs>
0: and uh, she, I literally, this, la- on Sunday, so two days ago, mm-hmm. um, Max wanted pasta, I made. we went to the store, we bought the exact noodles she wanted, I made her her pasta, and then she asked for seconds, so I had to tell my mom, mom, not only did I make it, but she asked for seconds, (laughs) and uh so you know i think naturally um that makes sense right Mm -hmm. is you know and i can just tell you i mean i know there's mostly women that listen to this and all the women kind of have the same attitude which is like well that's just what we do and we do it all the time and Mm -hmm. you you know guys don't know and um stress but for all the men out there listening um a we can all do it Mm-hmm. And we can all do it very well. Yeah. Just because we don't do it all the time or didn't do it all the time or we're not the default parent. Um, there's a lot of single dads out there and they crush it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm learning. But, like, and I admit, like, it's not super easy, especially when I have the two kids together. And, you know, you, you come home and you got to cook for them. You got to get them bathed. You got to do all the laundry. You are constantly cleaning up after them. Got to make their, you know, get their medicine, get their stuff for school in the morning, make their lunches for school, get them dressed for school, get them to school on time while the they're constant while the they're fighting. Get the house cleaned up. Go to the store. Yeah, I like. I get it. That it and it makes perfect sense. And my mom had a fear of that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, it's. uh all men are capable of doing it. They are. Uh, you know,
1: I've actually have, like encountered so many more men recently that are actually that do the cooking for the house and are actually really good cooks. I've even like came across one in the pickleball group, like Jason, and yeah. he made this whole charcuterie board and everything. It was like so fancy at one of our pick. I'm like, oh my god, you did this? He's like, yeah, I do all the cooking in the house. I do the grocery shopping, and I'm like, oh. My god that's amazing shout out to jason and then pat is the same thing like my sister's husband pat is the yeah, cooker my brother-in-law cooks, cooks everything
0: majority, a lot oh, of yeah, the meals
1: keith does too
0: yeah yeah shout so, out to keith
1: yeah so men can do it
0: yeah so i How are
1: the ones that do <laughs>
0: yeah and so um that was definitely a fear of hers and you know i think on that topic um I, and we're going to talk about co-parenting in the next episode but i mm-hmm. i think that you know part of the mom's job is to understand that, Hey, the kids are going to be with dad Mm -hmm. and, you know, dad maybe didn't do all this stuff in the past, but, you know, give dad some grace, um, let him try it. He will fail, um, in the beginning and make mistakes. But over time, any good dad is, is going to want make their kids happy, um, and figure it out. And, And so, um, yeah and and at the same time it takes a village right like mm-hmm. Madison helps me a lot with stuff for the kids specifically you know shopping and clothes shopping and mm-hmm. getting organized and so um you know I don't have parents out here I don't have a sister out here I don't have any cousins out here I don't have family in San Diego mm-hmm. so that does make it a little bit harder but yeah um, a lot
1: harder cuz you don't really have anyone like if to count on
0: to right. Lean on. So,
1: well, you have a co-parent. You act. You you do have someone to lean on. You have a co-parent that's there twenty four seven. Like if Max is sick and wants to go back with mom, yeah, mom's th- will be there, like to count on you. And yeah. then, like if like if you need helping, like if she needs help with you, she reaches out to you to go pick up medicine at the pharmacy when she has the kids. Yeah. She's so you guys do have a solid um, so- a solid person to lean on. So when you need it.
0: Yeah. So anyway, we. Thought it would be good to kind of have this conversation and, you know, talk to our parents, kind of understand their fears. And it was really helpful. Mm-hmm. I think it was good for our parents to kind of talk about it. Good for us to talk about it. Yeah. Hopefully you guys kind of understand their perspective. There might be some people listening who have uh, are divorced and think about their parents or your grandparent and my kids. But what it also made us do was think about us and what we would do if yeah. we were in our parents' shoes. And if our children, you know, ever yeah. get a divorce, and we have grandchildren, and so um, I
1: do want to ask, like, the audience, just like one question, um, like in the comments down below, if you have gone through a divorce, what did, what, how did your parents handle it with you? Did what were the things that you liked about how they handle it, and what were the things that you didn't like how they handle it? Like, I would love to hear from you guys because you know, every situation, every experience is so different. And we love hearing a lot from you guys. So before we get into that next one, I would just love for you guys to leave that down below. Um, but yeah, so now going into basically what if our kids ever went through a divorce?
0: And so I said to Madison, like, what would you do? Like if one of our kids like was going through a divorce, like what would your fears be?
1: Well, my fears would be like fuck. I thought like I could stop the cycle, and I thought I would teach them to what to look out for. But you know, you can't. You can't protect them from everything. And um, I, there's a number of things that I'd be so worried about. I have two little girls. One of them, Riley, is so emotional. I would be really concerned about how one of how they would be affected emotionally. In their marriage to get to that point is what did they go through to get them to that point? What did they endure? Because I remember everything that I endured in my marriage and what I went through, and I would never want my child to go through that. So that would be really just scary for me. Just seeing like, okay, how did this affect them? What did they? What were they going through to get to this point? Um, so I'd be really worried about Question to that. Question for you on
0: that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. If we get married
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you have Bo and Max, will you look at it differently from if Bo were to get divorced and if the girls were to get divorced? Like, would you do you think you would look at it differently from a boy's point of view or a girls?
1: If I have to be like completely honest, I think I could probably unconsciously do that. Just, I don't know, like I that's not a good answer, but I think unconsciously. is good yeah unconsciously but then again like i think that's why this podcast is also so great is because we're seeing it from your perspective too because again we always see that the woman's hurt and it would also break my heart that he would go through, that if he went through something like that too yeah i never thought about it from a boy's perspective this has never minded of me.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I or two, I was thinking, you know, do you think my parents would have handled it differently if my sister went through it versus me?
1: I think so. I think that parents are naturally more, um, what's the word, more concerned about the emotion well emotional well-being of a girl over a boy for some, like it's just stereotypes I'm guessing just society stereotypes it's kind of like ingrained in us.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. So but
1: honestly babe, I think like I think with you though too is that you're such an independent, mentally strong person and your parents know that about you. And so maybe that's why they weren't as concerned, which is not an excuse, but I think that's like you really are a very strong and like I've never met someone who was more mentally tough as you? Like it's scary, even like on the courts, it's freaking scary how mentally strong you are. Okay, yeah,
0: thank you. I'll but take that as a compliment. No, it's
1: still no excuse, but
0: all right. So, um, emotionally affecting them mm-hmm. was what your your fear would be. What else would you be scared of? What What else would your are your fears that uh, one of our kids goes through this?
1: How they would handle the single parent life. Um, it's kind of like the same thing with raising kids, like, you know, um, going through the same struggles that I've gone through. I wouldn't want that for them. So I know like if if I had my kids go through divorce, I probably would be there 150 freaking percent for them, um, for the kids and helping them out as much as I can because I know how hard it was.
0: Yeah. So that's good. We have this on uh, YouTube for the next, you know, 20, 30 years in mm-hmm. case it happens and Madison's going to be there 150% just mm-hmm. so you kids know. Yeah. Um, it does kind of make me think too about, you know, what kind of my mom's fear was for me and, and kind of your fear of the single parent life, which mm-hmm. leads me to, should we, as the kids get older, really be making sure that they can, could be a single parent and understand what those roles are and really speak to them about it. Um,
1: I think like one thing that I'm gonna be really like talking with the kids about is when they do have a significant other is to really appreciate the things that they do for them, acknowledge that the good things that they do for them for help for the kids, and then also teaching them how to voice their opinions on, like, you know, in a communicative productive way of if they need more help from the other parent. To help out with the kids, is teaching them that.
0: But. Yeah, it also made me think about making sure that you know the kids. And again, stereotypical: the girls usually know how or supposedly know how the guys don't. But like, not really cooking, cleaning, uh, organizing. It depends
1: on the. It's like I. It's like again, like falling into that stereotype. But like, I've even seen it from like from people close to me of where I see the the. The guy, the husband does more for the kids than the mom does.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of women out there that aren't organized, that aren't clean, that aren't great at cooking, that... I mean, it's not like every single woman has all those skills, but it just goes to like, okay, if we're worried about them someday being a single parent. I just feel like what
1: happens with society is everyone's so stuck on. It's changing. It's changed a lot, and I think this is why also divorce is becoming such a big thing because like women are just like fed up or like you cannot expect us because before it was like expect the woman to stay home handle the house, manage the house, manage the kids, do all that while the husband worries just solely about working. I think that's starting to change now that you have two income households that it's like the moms are like, well, I'm working too. And then I'm having to do all this for the kids. You're not doing just as much for the kids. You're not doing the housework. Why am I doing all of this? And all you have to worry about is work. And that's where they're getting fed up. Is like it should be more egalitarian, like an egalitarian household where everyone is equal. If I'm m- making money for this house and you're making money for the house, then we both need to be putting the time into the kids. We both need to be putting time into the house. It should be equal. Okay. So I think that's Good job. a big thing. Sorry.
0: <laughs> you guys agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think it should be equal.
0: Um, okay, we'll divide up and divide and conquer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, on the next topic, what else? What else would? If our kids were to get divorced, what else fears would you have for them?
1: Financial, financially. Because I know, I think it's just me realizing all of my fears and what I'm going through and the struggles that I go through, the hardships that I go through. I would never want my kids to go through that. And I would be really worried about them financially. But
0: how can you avoid it? I mean, they were going from a two-income house to one. There's no way that financially they're going to be in the same place. Like- Mm-hmm. Of You can say I would never want them to really go through concerned. it, but I mean, their really life concerned. is going to change financially and it's yeah. very scary.
1: And I think if I had my girls going through it, I don't know where I would be at that, that time, but I would hope that I would be at an, a situation in my life where I can help them as much as I can to make that transition easier for them and not let them feel like they're stuck just because they can't afford their life on their own financially. Um, so I would work with them the most the best that I can help them as much as I can
0: yeah I agree that's why we will work continue to work so hard is to you know make sure that like you said we can prepare for that Mm -hmm. in case they need our help financially
1: exactly yeah so babe what are your fears if your kids ever went through divorce what would your fears be
0: Honestly, like where I went with this was first was mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of said emotions, but just if they are, hopefully, this is my hope. And, you know, part of this is why we did this podcast originally. It was to help high school kids and college kids learn all this stuff and learn from our stories and learn from our examples so that they can have these healthy relationships. And Personally, for our kids or my kids, um, I am hoping, I just don't know if it's realistic. And so for all you guys listening, you guys could probably tell me I'm crazy, but I'm hoping that I have a good enough relationship with my children Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that during their dating periods into if they get engaged and into their marriage, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that I have very good communication with them. Mm-hmm. And they feel comfortable telling me what's really going on in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I have a good handle on how they're doing with their mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm stressing to them how important it is that they really take care of their mental health mm-hmm. um, and for their spouse, yeah. um, whoever they, you know, and I'm hoping I have a good enough relationship with their spouse that they can come to me mm-hmm. as well. And I can have a conversation with them because I know my kids aren't going to be perfect. And I want to make sure that, you know, that happens. With that said.
1: That's great. Like, I just have to say that's very admirable of you because I feel like so many parents in this day and age put their kids on pedestals that they can do no wrong. And... To be wanting to be able to be a person that even your kid's spouse could go to, like if they're having troubles I and mean, be like, if you need me, if you need to talk to me, you need help with you know handling something, I'm going to be here for you, I'm going to listen to you. Because I tried that, and I well, I'm you.
0: definitely going to make the spouse watch the podcast, yeah. They're on all episodes <laughs> yeah. before they're allowed to date the girls, <laughs> and Bo. you watch all episodes before you even think about yeah. becoming part of this family. <laughs> um, so. My, my point in that is I'm hoping I kind of have an idea of their mental health before, you know, before and an understanding of what's been going on in their marriage before it comes to, hey, I'm getting divorced. Because I know my dad's comment to me was the hardest part regarding me was that he was sad that I was in, I was so unhappy yeah. for so long and he didn't know. yeah the whole
1: family no one knew
0: so he was sad that he was like man for years you were in this bad relationship this unhealthy marriage you were unhappy you were depressed you you know felt like you know you didn't know what you were going to do the fact he didn't know and the fact i went through that was hard so i'm hoping that i don't have that with my children but if i do well, at I some level why did
1: you think that you couldn't go to your parents and talk to them because your parents are so- so my parents, to to. my
0: parents never really had a lot of conversations with me about anything that was too deep or too serious. Mm-hmm. Um my dad struggles with it more than my mom. Um, but so that's part of it. And then I think part of it was, which is wrong, is I was always concerned about what they would think about my ex if I told them the truth about what was going on and I didn't want to ruffle that relationship between my ex and my parents, which is already strained a little bit. It wasn't going great all the time. And so I didn't want to make it worse if Mm -hmm. I was going to stay with her. I also had fear for my kids. Mm -hmm. And like, if I told my parents everything that's going on, like how would that affect them and and the kids and Mm -hmm. you know, what would my mom say and who would she say it to? And so I think, not right or wrong, but so my parents you, never came to me and asked me. So you, I'm gonna go to my kids and ask them. So
1: it's like with you, you had to get to that point where you knew everything was done and that you didn't want to try anymore and that you're ready to like let go of it all before you could tell your family. Yes. Like that's what you had to get to. What yeah. if your kids have to do the same?
0: They might, you know, and that's but I think what I'm trying to say, and, and this is kind of my advice for all the parents out there mm-hmm. who have children, whether they're married or not is as they have boyfriends and girlfriends and and hoping that when they're in high school and college is continuing to ask them, how are they doing? How is the relationship? Are you happy? What are you not happy about? What would you change about it? And mm-hmm. you know, how are they treating you emotionally? You know, How's your mental health through all this? Because I think if the parents continue to ask their kids these questions, mm-hmm. it'll kind of force the kids, even if they're embarrassed or they don't really want to answer or they're not emotionally ready, they'll at least get comfortable over time well, with also, it. Also,
1: it would force the kids to address the issues yeah. in the relationship. Because sometimes I feel like when we're young, we're so naive that we kind of like try to push little things like underneath the rug. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, like what might be like a red flag or something. Yeah. We kind of push it and we make excuses for it. But then I think if our parents talk to us and said, hey, you know, what have you thought about this? Like, you know, how are you doing? Then it forces the kids to address it. Those yeah, things, and I also so that think
0: that the rug. a part of the relationship podcast and all these things we're going to be doing moving forward are having tough conversations, Mm -hmm. having conversations that aren't easy, that aren't fun, uh, because it's a society which don't really have them. So I'm not mad at my parents, per se, because I don't think any of my friends, when I talk to them, did your parents ask you these questions? They say, no, 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 no. But my point is, I'm trying to say that hopefully i know a lot that's going on with my children before they come to me mm-hmm. and say that they're getting divorced and i already knew saw it was coming and i prepared them for for it mm-hmm. and that they understand it's okay and that they can if they're not happy they're in an unhealthy relationship it's perfectly okay people change over time um so supportive um yeah. i think that the next step would be if they had children same conversation um how are they my grandchildren's mental health. How are they doing it? How are they speaking to their kids? Mm-hmm. I did, I admitted it. I didn't do a great job speaking to my kids. I'm doing a better job now. But I would, if my child came to me and said, I'm getting divorced and they already had children, my immediate attention, like our parents, would go to the grandchildren. Like, okay, how old are the grandchildren? What do they know? What don't they know? What have you spoken to them? How do you plan to speak to them? How do you plan to communicate with them? And just really have those conversations. Yeah. And so that would be my fear. And and I think hopefully I can help, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've gone through it, you've gone through it. Mm -hmm. And so I can have this conversation of like to the grandchildren, depending on their age, hey, you know, your parents went through this. Um, They've been through it. I've been through it. We're going to get you through this. We're going to help you. But obviously, I want to really understand how we're communicating with the grandchildren. Like my parents never said to me, um, you know, how they ask all the time, like, Mm -hmm. how are your kids doing? Which is a tough question Mm -hmm. because it's like, well... I mean they're not doing great i mean yeah. what do you want me to say but they don't have the ability to say like have you spoken about this or have you mm-hmm. tried this or what do you say when they say this they, they don't know that because they've never done it mm-hmm. so i think it's just communicating with the kids would really be important um and then i think for me personally mm-hmm. um depending on what was going on in the relationship mm-hmm. um being just brutally honest is like how will I handle my relationship with our children's ex and their family? Mm-hmm. I think it's something that um, is important, which how is-
1: would you, I have a question, if you were your parents, mm-hmm. how would you have handled your ex?
0: Um, I think it's, again, I think it's about the relationship before the divorce mm-hmm. and really having those lines of communication. Um, I think in this specific situation, um, I think they tried a little bit to, they want a good relationship. Yeah. They, right. That's what they want. But I think they've tried to have a good relationship, uh, with my ex and her family. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I think they want that. I just think that they've, that side has made it extremely difficult for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's not that I would tell them they should have done anything differently. I don't think they did anything wrong or did anything that they could do different. Um, but I think that that would be one of my fears. Mm-hmm. And, and one of my things would be, okay, um, let's say that one of our girls ends up coming to us and saying, hey, um, mom and dad, you know, I'm getting a divorce. Uh, my husband cheated on me. He's been cheating on me. It's been bad. I can't take it anymore. The trust is gone. Okay. What do we do about the ex, right? Like mm-hmm. how do we have that relationship? So that's a fear of uh, mine. That'd be hard. That's a I'd tough one. I'd want to kill him. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, wouldn't,
1: um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to hold back on that one.
0: No, Madison's not – wouldn't be holding back. So mm-hmm. maybe I'd be holding you back.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: mm-hmm. So look, I, I think this episode um, – was important, um, and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully there was some good stuff in there. I think, yeah, um, it's really good for Madison and I to talk about it from our parents' perspective and understand that you know when you're going through this divorce, like mm-hmm. it affects everybody. Yeah, it affects your your family, your parents, your uncles, your sisters, your brothers, your friends, and we're not naive to that.
1: It sucks though. It really sucks because that puts a lot of guilt. I feel like I have a lot like, you know, it's like guilt and it's like God, like how like you feel like you're at to blame like for causing all of this turmoil all around.
0: Correct. And that's something I've been working with Madison on, which is not beating herself up over it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something really easy to do for anybody that is 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 you know, Plans to or goes through divorce, I think it's really easy to beat yourself up for all of that turmoil, all that mess, all the financial instability that not only are you causing your children, but you're causing everyone around you. Uh, um, and you just can't do that.
1: Yeah. You got it. Sucks.
0: You, it sucks. But beating yourself up over getting out of a situation where you were really unhappy um, and did you, we both made the best decision for our children mm-hmm. and ultimately they come first. Um, it's hard, uh, and it sucks. And both of us have had extremely difficult years. Mm -hmm. Um, This year was very, very, very tough uh, for everybody. Um, But that's life. And we move on. And um, yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If anybody's out there listening that has experience with this, with how it affected your parents, or if you're a grandparent, how you see it, how you feel, if you're a parent, and what are your fears if your children get divorced, and how will you handle it? The whole point is to have a conversation, mm-hmm. have this community, support everyone. You guys have been doing an amazing job in the comments. The Facebook group has been on fire. I
1: love the Facebook group. Um, We're having, we've got our first man. Yeah, in there. that's what I
0: was just gonna do. I need to shout him out real quick um
1: ross was so happy that we finally got
0: travis here. lemon okay travis listen um and elizabeth welsh yeah we are shouting you out um elizabeth turned travis on yeah. her boyfriend to the podcast it's amazing and he is part of the facebook group he made a comment in yeah. the facebook group and Travis is gonna get hooked up with a $50 gift yeah. card to the Pan and Unicorn store, pen You're gonna pick out your swag. <laughs> yes. You're gonna wear it with pride. And, and send
1: some love logos. Like merch will be on there here soon.
0: And by the way, Elizabeth, his girlfriend, goes, I turned him on, so I'm gonna steal all his oh, swag. Yeah. I was like, eh. Good, I love it. Love it. Um, love it. so Travis, shout out, men, we know you're listening. Get in the Facebook group. Make some comments on the YouTube video. We want to hear from you. Uh, we're doing this for you as well. Hopefully, all of you got both perspectives today from yeah. you know the woman's perspective, the man's perspective. We love all of you. We'll be back next week with episode mm-hmm. 10.
1: 10, which is going to be our last episode for a while. Um, or we're going to have about two weeks off, right? Two we're or going three weeks
0: ho- off because we're going on holiday.
1: Holiday. And then this guy's traveling a lot in January. So... We'll be back though, but we've got some exciting guests <laughs> for when we come back. It's good. You guys will be, you'll be floored when you hear. But yeah. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Follow us at Panning Unified. Have a great, anywhere. great,
0: great holiday season. And we're around on social if you want to catch up.
1: Yeah. Love you. you. Bye.
0: Bye.